solutions guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Coming up after 10.15, special guest Dr. Morali Rao will talk about 50-plus and healthy. That's his new book, What You Need to Know About Mental Health and Healthy Aging for You and Your Loved Ones. We need this more now than ever before. So we will be speaking to Dr. Rao after 10.15, but first... Let's take a look at the inbox. Make a connection anytime at 514-800. Don't forget, you can also email me anytime. You can uh, just go through my website, drlaurie.com, and fill out the uh, the contact form and ask your questions there or make comments. Lots of people uh, just want to comment on shows, on things that they've heard, uh, like uh, Mindy from uh, Australia, actually. Good morning, Laurie. Yesterday's show was awesome. Last half of the show, you read something involving some women who won a lottery and something that happened 20 years ago. They were into drugs and prostitution in a gutter. You told them to get out. You have a bunch of women in Sydney who would love to know the details. We are guessing they called you. If they were thoughtful enough to tell you about a lottery win, you must have had a big influence 20 years ago. We look forward to lunch with Lori today. Thank you, Mindy. That's very, uh, very sweet. These are now regulars uh, to to our program, and they're, they're listening. at It's their lunch hour then when, um, well, I guess they listen on podcast. No, I guess at the same time. Uh, so just to give you a little uh, background, yes, the we, we've had updates from this. It's a, a threesome of women. They call themselves the Three Misketeers, and... Um, unbeknownst to me I did help them but this was way back so the show has been on the air for 21 years and this was 20 years ago when they were young teenagers who had were young runaways actually Uh, they left their homes in um, I guess out west in Canada came to Montreal and found themselves caught up in drugs and uh, prostitution and they uh, I think were involved in with some kind of pimp or what have you and one night, uh, one of them called the show. Uh, I think they were listening and they were called, they called the show. And that's when I guess I told them, and not that I have much memory of this, but told them to, uh, to run and get out and find a refuge and, and go to the police station and blah, blah, blah. So they did that and they cleaned themselves up and they were in, in, in rehab. They went back home and they stayed really close, very, very, very close friends because they had gone gone through so much together. So that's the gist of the story of these uh, three very, very brave souls who got their life completely uh, together. They all have families and and they're really happy. Uh, Let's see. Passion Poet writes in, I wrote this poem because of the call you had last night and you handled remarkably well. Uh, Passion Poet. Mr. Legault made a decision. It is one to protect us all. We will have to wear a mask. It's just a new protocol. In any and all buildings, in malls and all stores, let's slow and stop this virus. The responsibility is yours. There are some who don't believe. They think it's just a hoax. These are one to avoid the most. Be a hero and save a life. Let's lower the second wave. Let's all destroy this virus and not to be its slave. Thank you. Um, yes, um, and that was quite a heated argument with that caller, wasn't it? Uh, tech, it, this is another email. I just want to tell you how much you and your show means to me. Your personality is a 
Thank you. A bright shining star and your voice on the radio is the voice of hope in these strange times. It would be unfair to leave out your poet who manages a smile from me with his humorous poems and warms my heart with the meaningful poems. Uh, can you use some of your magic and make everything better, please? I, you have no idea how I wish I could wave a magic wand and make everything okay. So I think we all have to kind of look for silver linings where we can find them, practice gratitude. We all can be grateful for something every day. And this is how we get through each day, one day at a time and, uh, and practicing, uh, gratitude so all right let me uh, get to another question here I have a problem uh, penetrating my wife during our four years of sex life she is still a virgin Uh, we are happy with our sex life but we have sex without having any intercourse recently we are so tired of this kind of sex and both of us are looking for a way to solve this problem Sometimes when she is ready for penetration, I face erectile dysfunction and sometimes she fears the penetration. I don't know what we should do. So a couple of things come to mind here for me. Uh, first of all, it sounds like maybe um, your wife is experiencing a condition called vaginismus. That's when the vaginal muscles involuntarily close up when penetration is attempted. Think about, uh, think about what would happen if a punch was coming to your stomach. What would you do? You would, you would seize uh, and, and tighten that muscle to absorb the shock, right? So think of the vagina as doing the exact same thing. And this can develop... It's a psychological condition, but it it can develop out just out of fear, fear of pain during penetration. Some people are, are told all kinds of things by family members or they hear things. And so they, they develop this, this real, um, fear of penetration. Uh, so the best form of treatment for this is, uh, pelvic floor physiotherapy where the therapist works on helping the woman stretch and control her vaginal muscles. Um, if you need a referral for that, just uh, email me and I'll, I'll send you uh, some names. Uh, so that's, that's really important. That usually helps along with uh, therapy to work out some of the anxieties and the fears and where that comes from, etc. would be really the best thing. Uh, and so at this point you, with that uh, pelvic floor physio, you gradually work your way to penetration with the penis. So they can start with like dilators or small insertions working up to the size of, uh, the dilator. If, um, you can, she can also try, or you can try with the insertion of, uh, one finger if that's comfortable, then two fingers, then maybe get a small uh, dildo. So basically we want to build up that, right? Always begin with the smallest size, wait till she's comfortable, and then you move to uh, the next level. And of course, relaxation is really, really important. Um, maybe she needs to see a gynecologist. The other issue too is you talk about you face erectile dysfunction. Well, 
there's also your fear and your anxiety about hurting your wife. The last thing you want to do is hurt the, the woman you love. Uh, and you know, when you start approaching and your wife is cringing, that isn't uh, very sexy. And, and in your mind, it's like, I don't want to hurt her. This becomes this, this thing that's going to, uh, create pain in her. So losing your erection is normal in a situation like this. So this is why it's really important that actually both of you, um, when you have uh, that you both see a therapist together at the same time as she's doing some of these exercises, hopefully, hopefully with a pelvic floor physiotherapist. Uh, I'm living something similar. Do not ejaculate for at least four days. Lots and lots of lube. Start with fingers, then doggy style and penetrate slow. Just the head at first, very small strokes. Well, not exactly. Um, doggy style from behind doesn't give her enough, uh, control. In fact, when we start with penetration, we want her to feel completely in control of what's happening because that's also is involved in part of the, uh, the fear and anxiety. And it's not really about the ejaculation either. Lube, definitely an absolute must anytime we're dealing with, uh, with this kind of issue for sure, but we're not, I don't think they're even there yet. Coming up, we speak with uh, Dr. Morali Rao, who just released a book called 50 plus and healthy, what you need to know about mental health and healthy aging for you and your loved ones not to be missed. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. My guest tonight is uh, Dr. Morali Rao. He's an expert on clinical geriatrics and geriatric psychiatry. He addresses the concepts of mental health and mental illness within uh, a population of the 50 plus. Just released a book called 50 Plus and Healthy, What You Need to Know About Mental Health and Healthy Aging for You and Your Loved Ones. Dr. Rao, welcome to the program. Uh, thank you, Dr. Laurie. Wonderful to have you here tonight to share this. Uh, this is uh, more than ever really, really timely and important that we discuss mental health issues, especially for older older individuals uh, and in these times when they may be experiencing even more mental health issues because of social isolation, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, this is hard on the older adults, uh, being the more vulnerable of the population, right. they seem to have taken much of the brunt of this pandemic than any other age groups. Right. It's almost like a, a secondary uh, secondary pandemic in a way. It's a, a different kind of wave, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so when, when you talk about healthy aging, or maybe we should talk about first the difference between mental health and mental illness. Okay. So, well, mental is ideally like we all want to be. Enjoy, be cognitively intact, be sociable, and uh, have a happy life. Um, 
content in all grounds, health-wise, spirituality, relationships, uh, finances. So make a well-balanced, happy feeling. Mm -hmm. Enable to enjoy that. Uh, uh, That's uh, a state of mental health, which goes hand-in-hand with physical health. Right. We can clearly understand what physical health is, you know, height, weight, body weight, and, uh, you know, blood exams, uh, cholesterol levels, uh, what have you, good heart, good lungs. But mental health is not given that much of prominence and that it's, it is of equal or even more importance. Because, right. Uh, mental health affects physical health and vice versa. Right, and and I think we have we we do we don't talk much um, about mental health as we get older. Like we're you know it seems that people are more concerned as they age with all the physical things that are happening, the physical changes, the sexual changes, all of these things. But we really don't stop to uh, talk too much about, uh, mental illness in, in the aging population. And I, I mean, there's still a stigma around mental illness for sure, but I think it's a population that gets neglected in in many ways. And certainly we've seen it during COVID in, in Quebec, we've seen, um, you know, where it came to light that a lot of our elderly population in in uh, homes, for example, in in nursing homes and retirement homes and such, where we had the most cases and where we saw horrible uh, neglect and obviously affecting uh, mental, uh, you know, people's mental health, not just their physical health. So something really important we all all need to talk about for sure. Yes. Uh, especially the elderly have a special stigma, stigma meaning um, kind of a disapproval from others, um, having a strong lack of respect for someone mm-hmm. and bad opinion of them because they have done something the society doesn't approve of. Uh, that being said, there is external stigma, there is internal stigma, and particularly the Let's take an example of uh, dementia, Mm -hmm. uh, how stigma might be expressed. Uh, So dementia is a common term for a number of uh, mental disorders. The predominant one is Alzheimer's disease, which is about 60% of the cases of dementia. Mm -hmm. And there is particularly a strong stigma around dementia. Uh, If we look at the external stigma, it is like, rejection of the person and fear of the person with the disorder and of his symptoms and fear about what it's going to bring on in terms of new and unpredictable behaviors. And people gradually start staying away from them, no longer extend invitations to them, not doing much activities like they used to, and not including them in conversation even though they're in the room. And in short, it's kind of a social and familiar rejection, which right. hurts, and uh, it leads to further social isolation. That's from the outward stigma. But from, if you look at the individual involved, the, the internal stigma is it's, it's 
uh, it goes hand in hand, making it worse. Uh, for example, going through some mental confusion and having some emotional shame about having the disease, even though they are not developed to full disease, just having been diagnosed of early stages of the mm-hmm. disease, and uh, and fear of being alone and uh, uncontrollable symptoms that are going to come, anticipating those things, and uh, then fear of having to remain dependent on others forever. Right. So all this causes the internal stigma, and they try to isolate and aloof themselves at the same time because the external stigma people are beginning to isolate themselves. So it's a severe isolation, suffering. I mean, lately we have seen lots of people who are diagnosed of severe neurodegenerative disorders such as Parkinson's, mm-hmm. early dementia, who are you know well-known people and uh, who knew what's coming for them and who knew there was no treatment for them have committed suicide uh, even before they developed any full-fledged symptoms. Right. We don't talk much about suicide in an aging population. You hardly ever hear about that so i mean there's already stigma around suicide i imagine in an elderly population maybe Mm -hmm. even more so we're speaking with dr morali rao he is the author of a new book 50 plus and healthy what you need to know about mental health and healthy aging for you and your loved ones and i should tell you that all proceeds from his book Go to a nonprofit organization that's engaged in mental health awareness education in the U.S. and in India. And you can find out more at uh, www.nndcifoundation.org, nndcifoundation.org. And you can get information about where uh, you need to get this uh, this important book. I think it's it's great for people who are 50 plus, but also for people who have parents and who want to understand a little bit more about the the realities around mental health. What are the statistics, Dr. Rao, in terms of mental illness or mental health issues in uh, the 50 plus uh, group? You know, that's a very interesting question. See. Um, if we look at uh, the spectrum of mental illnesses, most of them, 75% of all known mental illnesses occur at on or before age 24, 25. Oh, wow. So uh, anything, a mood disorder, depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. even though the uh, suffering individuals may seek treatment at a later stage, but they always dated back to much earlier years. Right. And uh, nobody goes to see a psychologist or a psychiatrist uh, very first time they find the symptoms. They try lots of things, lots of uh, habitual changes, exercise, diet, vitamins. And then when they come to a conclusion, you know, is it work, is it stress? Hmm. My God, I took a vacation. I came back from vacation. Vacation was like worse than work. So there must be something going on. So by the time they come to see a professional, uh, and when we take histories, they say, I really think it started several years ago. Yeah, I hear that but too. I, yes, nobody comes readily like a chest pain immediately. It's always a, a hindsight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then having said that most illnesses begin 
before that age group. Anything that starts after age 50 is mental illnesses, particularly depression. Mm-hmm. After 50, should ring an alarm. It's it's a very uh, definite call from the brain and the body that something disastrous is going to happen. So even though it's a, it's a depression is a, a mood disorder, but it's really signaling that something is going wrong. You know, so late onset depression, particularly, you should do a thorough physical workup. Okay. Most common conditions are uh, diabetes, hmm. hypothyroidism, hypertension, hyperlipidemia, sedentary lifestyle, maybe smoking. So there are a number of these risk factors. When you see that, and that person presenting a depression, the depression seems to be the first signal body is giving. And uh, the, the studies that have been done of the late onset depression, follow-up studies of five years and 10 years has clearly shown that either they were going to have a vascular uh, event. damage mm-hmm. to the heart or to the brain in the form of heart attack or a stroke. So bottom so, bottom line is, uh, if I understand you correctly, is if, if there's depression after 50, it is a warning bell that you should check for uh, some physical changes because that those two can go together. We continue with uh, Dr. Rao, and if you have any questions about healthy aging um we uh, you can certainly uh, certainly ask him coming up we'll talk about how to recognize the different uh, the specific mental disorders that you can look look for in uh, an older population from the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. My guest tonight is an expert on clinical geriatrics and geriatric psychiatry. He's a medical doctor, uh, and he just published a new book. Uh, Dr. Morelli Rao uh, wrote the book, 50 Plus and Healthy, What You Need to Know About Mental Health and Healthy Aging for You and Your Loved One. It is available on Amazon uh, as well, and all the proceeds from the books go to a nonprofit organization that uh, works in uh, for mental health awareness education in the U.S. and in India as well. Uh, so, Dr. Rao, I got this text, and uh, you can, I don't know if you know the stats, but here, over 65 has the highest suicide rate of any age group in Canada. So some of my texters are doing some Google while they're listening, clearly. Uh, and another uh, suicide rate in Canada for people from 50 to 65 is 15.2 per 100,000. So that seems quite high to me. Yes, uh, unfortunately, the suicide rate is, uh, it has got two peaks in our lifetime. One uh, before the age 25, and the second peak is uh, like 60, 65, and later years. Wow. And uh, the most vulnerable happens to be uh, the male, uh, elderly, um, or the age of uh, 65 particularly is the largest represented population among the completed suicide cases. Hmm. 
Yeah, so clearly we do need to address this and we do need to reach out to people and we do need to know what it is that we can do. And later on in the program, hopefully you'll give us some tips as to um, what what some of the practical approaches we can we can use to help and also for ourselves to make sure that we uh, we age yeah. in a healthful way. So what are the what are the are there more specific mental uh, disorders that affect the 50 plus rather than the young? You talked about depression as one of them, and what you said was so important that it is a signal to the body that you need to check that there could be uh, other physical things wrong with you creating or contributing to this depression, right? Yeah, which could be preventable. You know, if you recognize early, if you take the signal seriously and uh, do get uh, thorough medical investigation done, it's not uncommon to find the one of the five risk factors I mentioned. Right. Such as hyperlipidemia, hypertension, diabetes, um, hypothyroidism are in in some cases like one third of Alzheimer's disease in the early phases starts as mild cognitive impairment mm-hmm. at which time we usually think uh, as we are getting older we are a little more forgetful, we forgot to know, remember where the we put keys. the <laughs> wallet or the car key right. and uh, that's not uh, that's, uh, that, that's a common thing but uh, the children of Alzheimer's patients, the, the people who come to my clinic, I mean, elderly with cognitive deficits, seldom can make it to the clinic on their own. Either they are not driving or mm-hmm. uh, they are unable to come and present themselves and because they may not be fully aware. Early stages, people are aware of their uh, declining cognitive abilities, memory particularly, and uh, but later stages, they may not. So the, it's always the caregiver, the children who bring them. And the, the thing that made me write this book is, you know, uh, being in academics, uh, I, I'm a chairman of the Department of Psychiatry at Loyola University in Chicago. And uh, so I was always uh, publishing research papers. And um, now I realize that uh, for a lay person, there is a lot to be taught because mm-hmm. it's the counter for stigma or taboo is education, literacy, and awareness. Exactly. So I started focusing on writing books on awareness. This came from most common theme I used to hear from the children who used to bring their parents. Uh-huh. And they would be asking me questions like, after the parents are back to the waiting area, they walk back and say, I get worried sometimes that whether... I will turn out to be just like my dad mm. or my mom as I grow older. This is the so-called sandwich generation who are taking care of the parents who need their help, taking care of their wife and children. Yeah. So they, they are the worried ones and wanting to know what's going to happen to them. So I, I have been educating them about the same issues that we are talking about today. So I said... Let me put that in a, in a uh, book. <laughs> a easy to read um, book, 50% Healthy. It's written in totally layman terms. This is really for everyone who wants to learn more about recognizing mental health related issues. Right. So they can finally understand 
uh, what's happening to them or the loved ones. And uh, once the people read that and they feel good that they have some kind of a understanding of what they could be seeing when they come across. And also, you know, just like CPR, even though you're not a, you know, uh, uh, any medical professional, if somebody, while you're waiting for a bus or a train, if you see somebody collapse, I mean, there is somebody who's going to jump in front who has been trained in CPR Mm -hmm. to, you know, thump the chest and uh, blow in a few breaths to make them resuscitate the the heart and lung conditions. You don't have to be a doctor, right? Similarly, uh, in the book, I have mentioned a a set of uh, things that people can do and using the mnemonic game plan. Mm -hmm. And uh, each letter stands for what action they could take at a layman level and uh, diagnose, uh, which is not their job, but at least to get an idea of what this person needs. Right. And so there is that methodology given in the, as a part of the book. And then there are lots of myths about elderly. You know, when you get older, you get sick. When you get older, you have memory loss. And there are lots of such myths. And uh, so there's a lot of uh, uh, demystifying myths section. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are about six real cases for people to read. And uh, there's a lot explained about stigma and and also about uh, uh, the healthy aging. That's That's important. What can we do? Yeah, exactly. What we can do, yes. So Mm -hmm. to talk about how to age well, right? Because a lot of times we go to, we think about uh, illness and we don't, like we, we go only to the doctor when we're sick, but we don't go to learn, learn about prevention or healthy aging or how we can do this in a, in in a healthy way. And I think we, every, every one of us needs to uh, focus. uh, I think we all want to age well and we all want to be happy and physically, uh, physically well for as long as we can. So that's, that's really, really important. So coming up, um, I hope you can stay with us for a little bit longer and share your, uh, your game plan with us. You'll tell us what game plan actually stands for so people can learn what they can do to, uh, assist others who are in distress, especially during these times when, uh, because of COVID the suicide rates are certainly expected to, uh, to rise and, uh, we want to be able to prevent that. So more with Dr. Morali Rao. My guest is uh, Dr. Morali Rao. He is the author of 50 Plus and Healthy, What You Need to Know About Mental Health and Healthy Aging for You and Your Loved Ones. And in his book, he has what's called the Game Plan for Assisting Others in Distress. And I think many of us have aging parents or we have uh, friends we can reach out to and we want to be able to help. I know our community here, our passion community is very much into helping each other. So, uh, Dr. Rao, maybe you can give us some, uh, 
um, some idea what is the game plan? Okay, uh, Dr. Rory, if uh, if I may, to your listeners also uh, want to tell them that the book, uh, the link for the Amazon, I have sent to your email. Yep. So it will be available on Dr. Lori's website. Thank and you. And or they could be available. They could come to the Facebook page of Dr. Morali Rao or LinkedIn of Murli Rao MD. It's a number of sources. Otherwise, they could directly contact me, and I'll be happy. Um, okay, we were talking about uh, some mnemonic that's easy to remember, like in CPR, you <laughs> know what to do, lose the collar, turn the head so the tongue won't go mm-hmm. into the throat, right? And then uh, what to do, check the pulse and uh, put the ear down to the chest and listen to the breathing. Similarly, here, the mnemonic used is game plan. Mm-hmm. G stands for growth. It is to help the elders flourish in a mentally healthy environment, mm-hmm. not to uh, put them in a corner, to keep them engaged. In a multi-generation family, you know, they have a particular role. I mean, if you look at your grandchildren, they don't run to anybody except to their grandparents. Right? <laughs> so they have a definite role. So help them flourish in a mentally healthy environment. And uh, opportunities for growth, experience and learning does not stop at any age that's right okay? there is there is no age like uh, mark twain said uh, age is an issue of mind over matter <laughs> if you don't mind it doesn't matter <laughs> and i should add since i did write the book on 50 plus and sex that sex doesn't end either <laughs> exactly exactly let's get gone forever exactly is, uh, yeah exactly that's correct um and the after G, the next letter, A, um, stands for awareness. What is the awareness? To That's what this book is about. It's given in very layman terms, what are some of the signs and symptoms of commonly recognizable uh, mental conditions such mm-hmm. as depression, anxiety, uh, you know, common things right. in simple terms. So at least know the signs and symptoms to identify the mental health issue or is it a crisis? Because right. if it's a crisis, the response is beyond you, right? We have to That's then true. immediately take them to the professionals. But other times, it could be a mental health issue that you can guide them into uh, proper levels of treatment. To be observant, as the elder may not recognize their own need or may be unwilling to express it, very important thing to do is to listen. Yeah patiently sit with them take some time listen and try not to be judgmental mm-hmm. non-judgmental listening is the best thing you can offer for anyone with mental agony or distress right uh, just take them to a, a less crowded less noisy area of the room or outside for a walk in a park or just outside where you sit with them you don't have to do anything just sit with them and uh, be patient and Silence goes a long way. Mm. That will make them open up gradually, especially if, if your remarks are non-judgmental. That is what's going to prevent them to further explain. So please try to keep that non-judgmental attitude. Mm-hmm. The next letter M in game is for match. So matching the elderly person with the best available sources. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it could be medical help they need. Sometimes it could be home support they need. 
come to most of the times is transportation they need because many of them do not drive mm-hmm. uh, and many of them have visual difficulties hearing impairment so many of them prefer not to drive and then the range of driving starts shrinking as you get older right. they just go to the grocery store and come back during the day time and finally that also stops so know their needs and take them out and get their things and uh, check the financial needs another thing about forgetfulness and depression is that the bills pile up and nobody's uh, paying attention see if they need some help to mm-hmm. uh, take the they arrange the financial matters and e is for inquiring e and q i r e inquiring mm-hmm. just listen to provide short term follow so just don't leave them after the first encounter follow up and see what's happening so it may take one or two follow ups until you make sure that uh, what you try to do for them they're following it um and also that the needs are adequately met if not why not mm-hmm. find out what's the reason if needs were not correctly accessed make some adjustments right. so that's the importance of follow up then in the second um word plan p is to prepare prepare for extended needs or accommodations it's it you don't have to really suddenly go to the hospital being elderly and then uh, suddenly realize that uh, bringing them home you are unable to take care of them right. at that time all the family members run around looking for a place that is uh, nice and safe for their loved one so in order to prevent that it's a good idea to have a lookout in your neighborhood uh, hear about good long term care facilities assisted living facilities and be aware of your community so that we need it uh, you can even for a respite you know sometimes uh, when they get uh, elderly get not only uh, frequently infected infected with urinary tract infection respiratory infection what have you and that causes confusion unlike right. in the younger population so is the, the, the so called delirium so many children wonder you know he came for a urinary tract infection but uh, he is acting bizarrely last night i was speaking to him nice this morning i come in soft restraint they say he was uh, trying to pull out all the tubes and uh, mm-hmm. iv and everything so confusion because they don't know what's going on so right. we really have to make sure that in the hospital room or extended care places they have familiar faces available at least right. familiar pictures and that are they can recognize some faces and make sure they're well equipped with their dentures their glasses mm. the hearing <laughs> aids before anybody approaches otherwise that's preparedness uh, dr rao I, we only have 2 minutes left i'm sorry i don't mean to rush you but i want to make sure we get all your uh, points in yes okay then uh, that's the preparation and then they uh for everybody l is for life and work balance uh, mm. provide resources for the family members so that nobody is overextended so caregivers should offer support to one another so that nobody good. is singled out good a is for assess initial assessment involves regularly to check on the progress and new needs and like you said uh, dr lori the most important thing is n network Yes. Uh, maintain and improve the elder social network and medical home support networks. No one individual can do it all. It takes the whole village. Uh, even when it is the best intentioned family member with best intentions, 
it's not able to do single-handedly so we need community support absolutely and so i and i want to you know in summary you know the the same attention that we pay for the first 20 years if you think about it we don't do the same thing for the last 20 years no we don't no sadly and yeah. i'm so, so glad that so you brought awareness to this though so important yeah yes so um if i have a minute then i can talk a little bit about healthy aging yes you have one minute <laughs> okay. one minute so healthy aging is basically to be free from disability and disease and to have a responsive physical body that listens to you responsive to mental cognition a balanced state of being without dramatic high or low moods and the capacity for social engagement conversation interaction with multiple people and not to withdraw from the world so this this is all what makes healthy aging and uh, the four pillars of mental health and health is dr lake calls it as four pillars of good mental health it is number 1 enough sleep regular physical activity healthy nutrition and a practice address the stress management mm. and uh, this is good for everybody uh, for mental health and uh, health in general and the one last thing i want to say is that for a beautiful study that was done where they looked at our personalities you know the people who have a strong sense of positive well-being seem to live longer than the gloomier adults and why so uh, it's a compilation of review of eight studies the, the qualities are that we can always try to develop is the ability to accurately understand life events and mm. that means presence of mind mindfulness to know what's happening at a given moment not getting carried away or jump the topic second one is to effectively cope with difficult life ch- challenges through internal and outside resources that's in other words the resilience okay uh be flexible be resilient like covid is the crisis now and i'm right. sure it too shall pass right dr morali dr yeah. rao thank okay. you thank so much i so i'm so I, i know we could have talked about this all night it's a full book i want to to make sure that people uh look for this book 50 plus and healthy what you need to know about mental health and healthy aging for you and your loved ones it's all in there uh you can reach uh, dr morali rao that's spelled r a o his first name m u r a l i you can find him on linkedin on uh, on facebook and on our podcast we will put up uh the link the amazon link to uh to the book as well. Thank you so much. I wish we had more time to speak, but such an interesting and necessary topic to uh to discuss. Very much appreciate your time with us tonight. Thanks Dr. Laurie. All right. Thanks all listeners for listening. Take Thank care you. now. Take care and stay safe. Uh thank you to our technical producer Chris Aikens as well. If you want to connect with me, you can just go to my website drlaurie.com. Coming up next year on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening. Stay safe and remember to live your life with passion.